Hey, this is Angel Donovan with another episode of what we now call the Dating, Sex and Relationships podcast. A little rebranding there was the Dating Skills podcast. Rebranded it to focus on some of the changes that are going on around here, which I'll come back to in a minute. This is a show where we look at dating, sex and relationships in a way that translates to results. We look at the truth by learning from experts with years of research or years of real life experience behind them. Coming from every perspective, academic science, psychologists, pickup artists, porn stars, you name it, we have it on the show. We ignore all social taboos and politics around this situation. I'm only interested in the truth, what gets results, what works with people, what gets satisfaction at the end of the day. And it's all practical action based. That's what we're looking for. Information doesn't really help us. It's taking action which helps us. Before we get into today's interview, a quick shout out of thanks to those of you who have posted iTunes reviews thanking us. I'm going to read out one of these right here because it's kind of pertinent. Robert Jacobson says, Angel's podcast has only gotten better. He gave it five stars, of course. So he says, the experts helping with the evolution of Angel's dating, sex and relationships are superb. I can see why his former listenership, heavy with pickup artistry, might feel abandoned on first blush. If they would listen more carefully, however, they would learn a lot of pertinent information to their situations as men, no different from men with other perspectives on relationships. Angel 2 is more mature and seasoned as an interviewer. DSR is really much improved. Five stars. Well, thank you very much, Robert. And you know, I wanted to read this out in particular because we have done a little bit of changing around here over time. If you've been with us since the start back in 2009, due to my background and that of my partners working on DSR, Dating Skills Review, in the beginning, you know, a lot of the focus was on the pickup artist advice and stuff like that. And the reason was that there wasn't a lot of other people giving out information and good advice and weren't experienced in talking about it. Over time, that's changed a lot. And as you will have seen on the site and in the podcast, we've really changed the sources of information and, and we're really going a lot broader now. We're looking for information wherever it is. As I said a minute ago, we're looking for the information wherever it comes from. And uh, Robert, thank you very much for the compliments, uh, the personal compliments too. I appreciate it. I'm always working to try and improve how I do the interviews and so on. If anyone's got any tips, Feel free to throw them to me in an iTunes review or just to an email to angel at datingskillsreview.com. For me, it's kind of fun to keep trying to improve uh, the quality of these interviews. And of course, I, you know, I want to make it a better show. If I'm going to do something, might as well do it great. Okay, now moving on. Today, we are looking at the topic of swinging. Now, when I was going to dive into this, I realized that not everyone will know what swinging is and may not know why they should listen to an episode about it. So the first thing is that swinging is kind of like casual polyamory, and that's something I just came up with. It's like single dating, when you're dating as a single guy, except there's a more focus on sex. So some of the places swingers go to are sex clubs, for instance, or they call them swinging clubs, um, to meet other people who are interested in more casual sex, more straightforward, and doing it in a more straightforward way. And this also goes for couples. There's a lot of couples in the swinging community, so it's actually mostly couples. Now, if I look at Wikipedia, it says this, and I'm not sure I agree with all of this. It says, swinging, also known as wife swapping or partner swapping, is a non-monogamous behavior. That I agree with. In which both singles and partners in a committed relationship engage in sexual activities with others as a recreational or social activity. 
wife swapping and, and partner swapping, I think that's too much emphasis on the swapping part. It's actually kind of like mutual, as you'll see in today's inter interview, it's more like uh, just mutual sex experiences, right? So just couples going out with couples dating and then, and then going for sexual activities together afterwards. And it's not necessarily this swapping all the time, but we'll get more into that in today's interview. Now, interestingly, it's probably a lot more prominent than you think, and it's more relevant to more people than you think. So 2000 estimates by the Kinsey Institute, if you know, they've done a lot of research over the years. Uh, they fall on the path of Alfred Kinsey, who did one of the first sex studies. And they look at these kind of statistics and they say swingers account for two to 4% of married couples in 2005, which is in excess of 4 million people in North America. And in 2011, there's other studies that believe there are as many as 15 million Americans swinging on a regular basis, and it does seem to be getting more popular. So today we're going to talk about all of this, and we're also going to talk about gateway sexual experiences, why and how to start swinging, how to introduce it to your partner, which is going to be a tricky subject, you know, if you're interested in swinging, you want to introduce it to your girlfriend or wife, and what the social dynamics are like between men and women, who does this work out best for, is most successful at swinging, and how is status attributed, and how does all of that work within a swinging community, which is a community by itself. Today's guest is Swinging Milf, and she's right in the midst of exploring the swinger lifestyle herself. She's doing a podcast on it, and she talks all about her experiences there. So that's where I found her, and what's great, she goes into a lot of details, and because she's exploring it herself, like she's asking a lot of the questions over time, you know, she's been doing this a couple of years or so now, she's asking herself a lot of questions as she goes through this, and she's seeing changes in her life. So it's interesting from that point of perspective, because if some of you are interested in getting involved in it, well, it's going to be the first two years or so, right, that are most interesting to you. She's also a webcam girl, so we're going to have a little chat about that also. If you don't know what that is or how that works and what the kind of dynamics are, that's a little bit interesting too. And the other thing I'd say about Swing and Milf is like her life wasn't always like this. I think a lot of the time our stereotype of polyamory and swingers and so on is that they always had a very open sexual lifestyle from their teenage years. And it's just not true. Like some people can be very conservative even and completely move to a different kind of lifestyle because they choose to, because they choose to open up and become open rather than having kind of started that way. So we'll get into that also. It's all good stuff. As usual, to get the show notes with the MP3 download and all of the stuff on the site, go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash podcast. If you want all of that in your email inbox, then just go to datingskillsreview.com forward slash newsletter. Now let's get into today's interview. I'm Angel Donovan, and this is the Dating Skills Podcast. This is a 14-year ongoing mission to discover the truth about what works in dating, sex, and relationships, to become a better man. Join me as I leave no stone unturned, chase down every expert, role model, and mentor with insights to get us to that goal as fast as possible. This show is about bringing you the best of that information so that you can take it in and change your life for the better, step by step, episode by episode. Hey there, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So let's get a better perspective on where you're coming from. Can you give us a few details to your background, where your relationship lifestyle is at today? How old you are, where do you live, and those kind of things? Sure. I've been married for, actually, tomorrow, May 19th, will be my eighth year wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Thanks. Two years away from the big one. Yeah, right. 
So we're celebrating eight years and we'll actually also be celebrating two years in the lifestyle tomorrow as well. We went out on our anniversary for our first lifestyle event as swingers. So we're more new in the lifestyle than a lot of swingers out there, but we've definitely dipped our toes in significantly now to have a good idea of what it's like. And I live in the Midwest of the U.S., so I'm sure you can already tell by my accent. (laughs) I just have really enjoyed being in the swinging lifestyle that I've decided to kind of put myself out there a little bit more to share my stories. Great, great. So you're in your 30s? Oh, sorry, you asked that. I'm not offended. Yes, I am 30. Okay. Yes. I, I was just on the edge there. I could have got into trouble if you were 29 or something. Um, it was no. a rough guess. Uh, so I know you also do cam modeling. How long have you been doing that for? I have been doing cam modeling just shy of the two-year mark. It's funny because when I entered into the swinger lifestyle, my husband and I met somebody else who was a cam model, and I had no idea what it was. Um, I was very naive to the whole internet besides recorded porn, like what is out there today. And I heard someone talking about it and it kind of intrigued me. So we talked it over and just a few months into the lifestyle is when I decided to become a camp model. So not that long with that either, but I really have grown to enjoy it. And it's a great way to make some extra money. So that part helps a lot too. <laughs> That's very cool. So I wanted to kind of run an idea by you, I guess, because I was interested how you got to this point where you were swinging and then got into the camp thing. I want to run this little idea by you. I just been thinking about it today, so I'll run it by someone. Is you've heard the concept of gateway drugs before? Mm-hmm. Okay. So to give you a bit of my context, right? When I was about even 23 or something. I was at university and my friends would make fun of me because I couldn't say boobs or tits or words like those because I was just, it was just embarrassing for me and I was very conservative to the point where I'm actually very sexual open today. But that's been a process over many, many years with some jumps and, you know, starts and, and then things got in. When I think about where I am today, if I looked back, you know, when I was like 17 or 23, I'd be like, what the hell happened there? How did you get there? It's like somewhere I would have never thought I would have ended up. So these days, I think, and I think for the audience at home, sometimes when they think about swinging or maybe they think about cam rollings or the kind of these kind of lifestyles, it's very extreme for them. So I wanted to give them a bit of perspective on how you think you got to where you are today. Has there been kind of like any gateway sexual experiences on the trip, like kind of milestones? I think you just kind of said, so, so I got into swinging and then I was basically, I had different people around me and one of them was talking about and maybe you're relating to those people and they're talking about cam modeling and you're like, oh, that's interesting. But if you hadn't done swinging first, maybe you, that, you wouldn't have been open to that, you know, or you wouldn't come into touch with people and so on. So I'm just interested in your journey. What do you think of your journey, how you got to where you are? Maybe like starting maybe from when you were a teenager or wherever, where you felt it started. Oh, that I love, uh, by the way, that is a great way to think of it. Like I had never thought of it that way as far as like the gateway drug scenario or comparison. So unfortunately, gateway drugs are kind of labeled as a bad thing. So I'm not sure it's the best way to put it. I know we don't want to say gateway sexuality, but yeah, we'll have to come up with a nicer way to put it. (laughs) But uh, I think back to maybe my high school years and I got made fun of a lot. Guys didn't like me. I didn't feel attractive at all. I was chubby, just 
the typical kind of high school girl nerd experience. (laughs) I pretended like I didn't care, but I deep down did. And then when I got to college, I lost some weight and gained a little bit of confidence and guys actually noticed me. And that gave me the sense of confidence I had never had before in myself. And it made me really want to experience more. And actually, I met my my husband in college, so I didn't really have a lot of sexual experiences outside of the two of us. I had some, but not a lot. So when we got married, we were, I mean, I was his first and he was almost mine. (laughs) And so we had a great sex life, all of our marriage leading up to starting and entering into the lifestyle. So that was six years. So yeah, for six years. And what happened was a really close friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine, we went out shopping to a sex store, which was something I was at the time really embarrassed to be there. I didn't want to go to the toy section. I, I just was like, oh, I'll stay over here by the lingerie. And she's a little bit more comfortable with her sexuality. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going over to the sex toys. So I'm like sneaking a peek at her. And I noticed that she's being sneaky about what she was buying. She didn't want me to see. (laughs) Well, I saw it and it was a strapless strap-on toy, which is for girl-on-girl play. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's married with kids. (laughs) What's this all about? So I basically that day confronted her about it and she told me she's a swinger. And my mind was blown away. The only thing I knew about swinging was maybe things I saw in movies, which was, it's very misconstrued (laughs) in movies. I, I had really big assumptions about it, mainly bad assumptions. Right. So how did you notice? Was this one of your good friends or did you realize she was a bit more extroverted or or did you see her as someone more open than usual or did you just think she was a one of your other regular friends or whatever you term? No, I, I always knew it was never with me, but in her earlier years that she was openly bisexual. So I always knew that she was uh, more adventurous than me and that never bothered me. I consider myself a very open-minded person. Whether or not I was actually interested in participating in those type of things was a different story. So I never judged her for it or anything like that. But when she had been married for some time, I figured those days were over. You know, that was like her young, fun time. So we hadn't talked about anything like that for years. And then all of a sudden this happened. So it came as quite a surprise to me. But I wasn't disappointed in her at all. I was, I couldn't believe how exciting it sounded to me and how intrigued I was. Do you think it matters who introduces it to you? Because I've had trusted friends over time who would introduce me to topics. And I think I take the information a lot more considerately rather than if I just met some guy in a bar or something. And he's like, hey, man, swinging's cool. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever it is. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> Whatever, but if it's a trusted friend and you, you already respect them and so on, I think you're more likely to take the information in a, in a different, more open way. 
Oh, absolutely. And I think the fact that I have the utmost respect for her and for her marriage and all of those things really helped me kind of trust what she had to say more. And and I knew that she was being 100% honest with me because I'm sure it doesn't surprise you at all to know that I had a million questions to ask her. And so she was very open with what any question I had, she answered for me. And so was that like a split second thing for you? Like all of a sudden you had all this like, wow, I'm actually kind of interested in knowing a lot more about this. Yeah, well, it's funny because we had like a 45 minute car ride and I remember it like yesterday and that car ride was just full of me driving her home. But like trying to fit in as many questions as I could about it because I was just so intrigued. And then I had another car ride home all alone to just think about everything we had just talked about and be like, did that really just happen? And I was heading home to my husband. And then it dawned on me that he has asked me, not begged me, but always in our years of being together prodded at me and joked about the idea of a threesome with one of my close girlfriends. And I was always like, uh, no, no way. That's weird. That would be weird for my friendship with this other girl. You know, he's always like, which friend would you play with? And I'm like, none of them. (laughs) And then like, I just had this light bulb idea just come up and I thought, wait a minute, what if it's with someone we just met? And I don't have this friendship history to worry about jeopardizing. And so that's exactly what I did is I went home and first I said, oh my gosh, you won't believe just what happened. And I proceeded to tell him everything I had just learned. And I made sure to not, I really wanted to see what his reaction would be without me influencing him with what my opinion was. And so I really just came to him with like a matter of fact, like this is what just happened. Yeah, that's actually a great way to introduce new ideas to people in general in your sex life. Yeah. You know, just talk about it and see how they react. Absolutely. I always want to get their genuine reaction instead of the reaction that they think they want me to hear. And his reaction was he was also really interested and kind of blown away. And then after all of that is when I said, what do you think about the idea of a threesome if we create a profile on a website and maybe just kind of dip our toes into something like this? And he was like, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. But that was great. Well, that was great. Also, I guess you had your friend also to guide you in the process. You could ask her questions yeah. like, hey, is this the wrong website or that kind of stuff? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And and she was a great help with all of those questions in that beginning part of it. And still is today when we don't play together and we don't attend the same events even. We just think that would be weird. So we kind of live separate lives, but talk about it. Yeah, it's good to have someone to talk about it with. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So have you felt things change for you in terms of your sexuality since the swinging started? I mean, you said you had quite an active sex life. Was it quite an open sex life before in terms of the range or the variation and stuff? In terms of like, if you think of a regular couple, I don't know, how would you describe it? How were you before and have things changed afterwards? Or has it had basically just been you, but now it's involving more people as well? Mm. 
That's a great question. <laughs> so yes, it has definitely evolved. And we love the word enhance because the lifestyle has really enhanced our relationship in many ways in and out of the bedroom. And specifically inside the bedroom, I just feel, and we both talk about this often, that we really have been able to express things that we never would have said before. So for example, I have fantasies that I was kind of embarrassed to tell him about, but I would think about it and I would secretly watch porn with it. Oh yeah, secretly, wow. Well, not necessarily secretly, but I didn't know how he'd feel about it. But for some reason, now that we are in the swinger lifestyle, it just kind of gives us this freedom to be really true to ourselves and what we want to do. And that has helped us in the bedroom because I feel like I'm more vocal about what I want there. And we've learned a lot. Like, I don't know if this is too much information, but I learned how to kind of let go and become a squirter. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's fine. We've talked about squirting before. (laughs) But just things like that, I didn't even know really existed. I just, I kind of did, but I had no clue. And so meeting people who have taught us things and showed us things has really helped. But also just the fact that we have this new sense of comfort helps in the bedroom too. Yeah, it sounds like you've raised your level of comfort with expressing what you really want instead of having some kind of layer of inhibition about like, oh, I don't know, like if I should talk about this or not, right? So that little barrier there. Is that because do you think any of these have helped? Is it because you're in this community now where you keep meeting people who have a higher level, higher standard, if you like, of openness and comfort? So being surrounded by those people, you kind of pick up things from them. You you kind of take up their lead, like just kind of naturally you see, oh, they're very relaxed about it. And it's more ingrained in your lifestyle. So you become more used to it. And then you've kind of got somewhere to move towards and you value, if you value that and you see it. Have you ever had discussions with your husband about this kind of thing? Yeah, I think that we have noticed for some reason all of the people we meet in the lifestyle because we go to a lot of events where there's a lot of people, like a hotel takeover. So there's hundreds of people in the lifestyle. So what's a hotel takeover? (laughs) Uh, A hotel takeover is literally what it sounds like. So there are no vanilla people. That's what people in the lifestyle call those who are not in it. So no vanilla people allowed. And it's just an entire hotel <laughs> wow. full of singers. They'll have a dance floor with a DJ. Sometimes there'll be a live band. Uh, most of the time, hotels will have the pool area open. And so it's just like this big, awesome party. And everyone's dressed super sexy. You will see butts and you'll see boobs. And <laughs> it's crazy, but it's a ton of fun. And the people we've met there have been just the most wonderful people I've met in my life. Everybody I meet for some reason in the lifestyle, and I don't want this to sound like people who aren't in it are awesome because they are too. But for some reason, it just seems like everybody's way more accepting and open-minded of everyone else. And like, so your sexual preference, your beliefs, just everything. We are as a community for the most part, just one of the friendliest groups of people you'll ever meet and one of the most open-minded and How many people out there can say they can have a conversation with people they just met about an orgy and it'd be fun. It's just something that I've really learned 
is like it fulfills something in me like it it's just so much fun to have conversations like that so it, it sounds like in general people just have this very high standard of comfort and when you meet people how quickly just do people start talking about this kind of stuff is it literally within the, like can be the first thing they say or is it how do conversations go when you meet people at these kind of events <laughs> that's funny that you put it uh it's true I mean it could happen within a few minutes uh sometimes we'll enter into a conversation that's already happening and I'll put my two cents in which my two cents might be something outrageous but uh typically though I don't want to scare people away who are interested in it really it's just a lot of fun and we do have normal conversations too it's just a little bit more lighthearted. I mean we're Most of the time we're having an alcoholic beverage and just trying to relax and kind of, it's like a getaway. It's like almost like one night of being kind of on vacation from life. And we don't like to talk about work or politics. We don't want to argue about politics. We just want to have fun. And usually fun conversations are about sexy things. So it does tend to gravitate towards those types of conversations. (laughs) What would be your best experiences so far? In a swinging. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you have to pick one or two or three. (laughs) No, I have had so many awesome experiences. I will say that one of my favorites because of the fact that it was our very first. And so I think since it was our first experience, it's just extremely memorable, of course, was on our six-year wedding anniversary. As I mentioned before, we went down a couple hours from our house to a club at an on-premise club. And so the playing, the sex happens there in rooms. And we met this great group of people and they learned that we were brand new and they were so welcoming and they were answering all of our questions. And it was just a great time. And it ended in a soft swap. So for those listeners who don't know what soft swapping is, it's basically oral play or less. So no sexual intercourse, a soft swap orgy. (laughs) So it's like five couples in one room. And it started out with all the ladies throwing me on the bed and having their way with me because they heard I was a lady virgin. (laughs) (laughs) That I was very curious and wanted to know what that was all about. And that was really awesome. Just that alone, because I had like four women having their way with me. And then once I was satisfied multiple times, the men joined us too. And it was just awesome. (laughs) I have been to hedonism and Jamaica for a week-long swinger trip. That will always be one of my favorite memories. And I hope to turn that into, it would be awesome to turn it into an annual trip. And I highly recommend that to anyone who is even just open-minded and not necessarily a swinger because it's just a great party place. I won the blowjob contest. At <laughs> How do you win a blowjob contest? <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys have interesting competitions. We do. And obviously no yeah. one's ever forced to participate Right. as a side yeah. note. <laughs> but uh-huh. no, it was just this awesome beach party. And the DJ asks for five women to come sit in the chairs up at the front. And I was standing right there when he announced it. And I was like, hmm. So I just sat down. (laughs) And then they asked for five men to line up with the woman of their choosing. And this lovely gentleman who I could tell had a crush on me all week 
jumped at the chance to stand <laughs> with me. And it started with the guys licking whipped cream off of the ladies' bodies. And then there was like an applause vote for which guys should move to the next round. And two of them, one was me and another girl and guy moved to the next round. And then the next round was changing places. And we were supposed to lick the whipped cream off the guys. And the winner was the guy with the hardest hard on. <laughs> and my guy won. So we it was a good group effort, I guess. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's going to sound quite extreme to a lot of people. Yeah. Do you feel like over the two years you've been through a ladder kind of slowly expanding over time? Yes. I'm glad you asked that because earlier I realized I had forgotten to mention when you're asking about kind of how my sexual experiences, even with my husband, have evolved. When I first started, I was so shy. I was very interested and wanted to do everything, but I was like terrified at the same time. Terrified in a good way. And I really have taken a 180 with it. I'm the life of the party when we go out. I am not afraid to talk to anybody. And so that's really helped me just in life. Like I have grown to be, to have so much more courage in life situations when I have to speak up or talk to people or just even talking with you on this interview. I mean, I have no nerves going into this because... This is my comfort zone. Right. <laughs> so. So can you think of like, have there been any experiences on, on the way that you kind of felt helped you to get to this higher comfort level and confidence level? Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of experiences where things didn't go the way I was hoping. <laughs> I never want anyone considering the lifestyle to go into it thinking it's all going to be perfect. But they've always been a really great learning experience for me. Last summer I had, it's easy to count because you just count every time you go out. I had eight men in a row have performance issues. Oh, wow. Yeah. Eight, with you? With me, yes. That, that's that's quite, kind of crazy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, when that number, it just keeps growing and it's, every, it's one after another, I was second guessing everything. I was second guessing my looks, my ability in the bedroom, just even being in the lifestyle. And here I am watching my husband across the room from me performing great because he has no issues with that at all. And he doesn't get nervous. A lot of times it's just nerves. So in that situation, sometimes if the guy really likes you, you get have that kind of problem. So it could have actually been that all those eight guys were really into you, but... Yeah, actually, that's what I was told later by a couple of them was that I actually really intimidated them. And then a few other ones, it was because it was their first time they were newbies. And so they were just really nervous. And uh, one of the times it was all my fault because I totally psyched the guy out. And I even told him how at that point it was like number six. I was like, oh, wow, six yeah. guys in a row before we go to play. And then I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? Right. <laughs> well, that was number seven. <laughs> and he told me, he's like, I never have problems. You psyched me out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. So so basically what I mean by saying that and sharing that is that I really had to learn a lot from that. And now I have learned to not have any expectations and to really go into things just with an open mind. And if I lower my expectations, I tend to have a much better time. And uh, I mean, everybody has a better time. So nobody's perfect. And I just need to enjoy the moment 
as it comes. So have you had to do any kind of processing as you went through this? That was one uncomfortable situation. And I, so I guess this is where you can build your confidence and, and sexual confidence because you're actually forced to look at things in your life and look at the way you react to things and get past them. So it's putting you in this comfort challenging situation by being in the lifestyle. You're coming across new people and I don't know, do people ask you to do new things? How does that work? Does How do you feel like you maybe get challenged to expand like naturally just because people are like, hey, we normally do this. We kind of like this. What Would you be happy to do that? Or how does it, how does it work like that in terms of... Um. You mean like, I just want to make sure we're, I understand. So like new sexual things, correct? No, I'm, I'm interested in any way. It could be emotionally, it could be, you know, where you just told us about all these eight guys is really important, right? They had performance issues and now you're like, oh my God, is it got something to do with me, right? Any of these things are putting us outside of our comfort zone and will change your, change you going forward if you get over those little discomforts. And so next time it's not such a big deal for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there have been a lot of experiences like that emotionally and sexually. My husband and I were in a an exclusive relationship for a while with a couple, which meant that we only played with them. And that was where I got to really get into the zone of like trying new things. It helps when you continue to play with a couple. And that's where I got into becoming more assertive in the bedroom and knowing what I want and really getting comfortable with girl on girl play and being able to be more open with uh, what I need and what I deserve. And I'm realizing that basically this kind of swinging in a nutshell for me and for many women is that it has given me this sense of pride and self-confidence in myself. And I think a lot of people looking in from the outside would think it would make me feel like just an object, but I don't at all. It's empowered me. And because of that, I feel like I have deeper conversations with people I just meet. And I feel like I know what I want more than I ever did before. And those are some things that I will forever be grateful to the lifestyle for, whether we continue in it or whether we stop, I will keep that. So I interviewed a uh, ex-porn star called Dave Pounder a little while back, and he's written books about these things. And he's been into the swinging lifestyle for a long time. So it's something we spoke about. I just wanted to run some of his ideas by you because I think you'll be you'll disagree. And I'm just interested to hear different perspectives on this. Okay. So one of the things he says is what I've noticed are about the couples is nine times out of 10, it's not likely the couple just jumped into the lifestyle. The guy nudged the wife. They talked about it for years before they finally went to the first experience and just watched over people having sex. Right. So that his kind of view was that most of the time, and he went on to say that a lot of the women, if the couple breaks up for whatever reason, the woman, like nine times out of 10, he says the woman tends to leave the lifestyle where the guy tends to stay more often as he's seen over the years. So he felt that like a lot of women wouldn't go of their own accord and wouldn't stay of their own accord. And that was kind of his view. How would you look at it? If you think about the male and female dynamics inside the swinging community. Wow. I kind of disagree. You're right. I don't. (laughs) Gosh, maybe it's just who I've met so far and just a coincidence. But most of the couples that my husband and I have met, it was the woman's idea. And it was my idea, as I already told you. And I've never really met a couple where the husband was really n- nudging it. 
I also think that that's certainly out there and plenty of couples went into it that way. But I guess maybe just my experience is I haven't met that many that it's been that way. I will say that I think that the higher success rate will be when it's a couple where the woman really enjoys it. And my experience has been that of the two, the men are the ones who are the more jealous and insecure over it than the women. That's what we've experienced, at least my husband and I. I don't know what else to say about that. I'm surprised, <laughs> but I can see how he's probably experienced that. And and maybe that's just that guy's perspective versus the female perspective of it too, you know? Yeah, I, w- I was thinking as you're talking, it would be interesting just to hear about more experiences and perspectives. It's difficult to get an objective view about something, you know, really objective. Like, it's not like they've done a load of scientific studies on, on this or anything. Right. So it's uh, it's a little bit different. Um, so another thing he mentioned is he felt like if you look through all the websites, uh, it's always about advertising the girl in terms of the pictures and, and everything else. So there's that kind of dynamic where the girl is the most important thing or it seems like she's the main thing. Oh, absolutely. That is 100 percent what it's like. Uh, The women are princesses. We are put up on a pedestal. It's a show, basically. I mean, I don't want this to come off wrong, but it's like all these husbands or boyfriends, significant others are out there and they get to like show off how gorgeous and beautiful their lady is. And the ladies love it. There is a lot of planning and prep work that goes into a night out as in the lifestyle. I've bought costumes and I have a million high heels. It's just this beautiful way of being able to show off a woman's sexuality and make her feel beautiful. And if you think about it, a lot of what gets a woman turned on or interested in having sex is that foreplay. And I think having sexy pictures of the ladies on the website. It's like, that's when foreplay begins with swinging is like, Ooh, we're interested in you because you're very sexy. And then it moves on to let's meet. And so then it's complimenting her and how she looks and, and so on and so forth. And, and I hate to make it sound like the guys are just kind of dragged along and there are tag alongs, but a lot of the lifestyles about the ladies not gonna lie <laughs> i've seen the same thing just in normal websites like okcupid you get polyamorous couples in there and it's always just they it even sometimes looks like a, a girl's uh, profile because they're you know putting the girl first so in terms of dynamics again are there successful swingers versus unsuccessful swingers well first of all I would, you kind of like put it as an experience and i was listening to your podcast and i heard you you know you talk about for you it's really the experience and sex is one part of it but it's the whole experience that it really really makes it for you as you're just saying and it sounds like people have a higher standard for how they get dressed up mm-hmm. within this community versus if you go to any club or any other place, would you expect the level to be higher? So that effort, the extra effort goes into it, makes it a more special event for everyone. It does. It does. It's like getting ready for the best first day of your life every time. Like you are shaving everything and grooming and you want to put your best self out there. My husband and I, we recorded a podcast together about swinger versus vanilla dates. And one bummer of it, and and something that has kind of come to our attention recently, is that our swinger dates are so fun and outrageous, and we put so much effort into them that our vanilla dates, as awesome as they are, 
I probably might not shave my legs that day. And I'm not going to do my makeup like I do it when we're going out to the club. And But he deserves that too. So it's just hard because you're really trying to make a good first impression because you're trying to literally meet someone and, and see if they'll be interested in you. Well, it's kind of like you're trying to seduce someone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, every every time. What I'm coming to is it's a little bit competitive as well in terms of like if you had a room full of, I don't know, in the club, how many people are there on a typical club? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the one we attend, there are typically six to eight hundred people that go. Wow. So that's a lot of people. Yeah. Is it 50-50 guys and girls or is there would you put it somewhere else? Well, the only people allowed into the club are couples or single females. The one we go to does not allow any single males. But there are plenty of other clubs that do allow that. But anyway, that's a whole nother realm is the single male realm. But <laughs> So I'm guessing you've only been, have you only been with couples? Yeah, we only play yeah. with couples. And that's one of our rules. I certainly fantasize about hooking up with a single guy with, with my hubby involved. But anyway, but yeah, so every couple you meet has their own set of rules that they abide by. And and so we only hook up with couples. So yeah, at the, at the events, it's typically 50-50, maybe a few more females thrown in the mix. And the competition, I don't know if you would necessarily call it like a big competition, but I will say that if you see a couple, like this is how the night goes for us. We are checking people out together. So like we're walking around, we make our rounds and we're like, well, what about them? What about them? What about them? And I'm always like, no, no, no. Because typically these women are drop dead gorgeous. And a lot of times the guys are, I'm sorry, not taking good care of themselves and somehow with this gorgeous lady. And I'm sure they're sweethearts, but a lot of the swinging lifestyle, the first impression is looks and you can't deny that. And so once we find a couple that we kind of both agree on their looks, we say, okay, it's time to hone in and hone in now because nobody's talking to them. And that's where that competitive part of it comes in, I guess you could say, because there have been times where we've been like, hmm, they're a maybe over there. We'll go talk to them in a few minutes after the song's over. And literally within two minutes, some other couple is already talking to them. So if you see someone you like, you better make your way over to them. <laughs> it's all That's the lesson to that story, I guess. <laughs> and then I guess after the conversation starts, you feel a vibe, you're just like, hey, would you like to, how, how does it go then? How did you make the transition? Gosh, uh, yeah, it, it was lots of practice. Uh, we weren't very huh. good at it in the beginning, but uh, we really relied on the other couple. I think this is an area people would be kind of scared of. Yeah. Trans- I mean, I know the guys in, just when they're going out with girls, this is one of the big areas they have. They're like, you know, they go on even two or three dates and they can't like, I know, like get it physical, basically. That's their big yeah. concern. So I'm guessing it's exactly the same with swingers. And how did it go for you? Yeah, like sealing the deal. Well, I think that one thing couples should do ahead of time is decide who is the more assertive one. Usually in a couple, one person's quieter and one person talks more. I bet you could guess that I'm the one that does more of the talking and so it's kind of like my job to <laughs> initiate the or to ask or propose the idea of what they think about joining us in our room for a drink. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's how you do it. You say, yeah. You wanna, OK, so that's when you're in a hotel or is that are there rooms in, in the, some of the clubs or how does that work? Yes. At the hotels, it's pretty simple because we can say, hey, I'm all out of my drink. Would you like to join us and come back to our room for a while? We can just talk and it'll be somewhere more quiet. 
And that's after we've probably been talking and dancing with them for over an hour or two. Right, right. You don't just meet and five minutes later decide, let's do it. <laughs> like it's, it's a gradual, quick, but gradual process on a night like that. So at a hotel, we would go to our room at a club setting where it's on premise, meaning the play happens there. That's a little bit trickier. We prefer hotel takeovers just for the sake that we have a room that's quiet. But if we were to be at a club, we would probably just have to say, you know what, we really just stop and be like, we really like you guys and we'd love to play with you. Uh, Would you like to go check out and see if there's any rooms open and and see where this can go? And then usually it is successful. And before we get to that point, we typically in the conversation find out kind of what type of swinging couple they are, whether they are a full intercourse swapping couple or soft, or there's some couples where only the ladies will play together and the guys watch. I mean, okay. It sounds, you threw a little, threw little uh, acronyms and stuff out there, like soft play and stuff. Is that what people actually say? Or is it more like, (laughs) you know, it's just more like a little conversation to kind of figure out where people are at. Or do you actually label yourselves like I'm? Oh, well, most of the swinger websites out there, you like, you mark off a box that'll either say I'm full, soft, or it's kind of the lingo and the lifestyle. People, most people know, unless you're brand new and have no idea. But most people know, like if we tell a couple, we usually say, we'll say, well, just so you know, we are a full swap couple. Right, right. And that is definitely our preference. We really like you guys. If you'd like to play with us, we would, I think it would be a lot of fun. And then we need to hear from them. And and typically they'll say, great, well, we are too. And that's what we're hoping for. And sometimes they say, oh, well, you know, we only blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing wrong with whatever they do. But our preference is full swap. And honestly, we have said, well, it was nice to meet you. Have a great time. And we move on sometimes. Because they have a different. Right. Model. Yeah, they have a soft swap or mm-hmm. cool. All right. So it does sound like these these labels you you get to know and you get to figure out and you know, in your couple you you have to feel out like what's right for you. I also noticed that you were the one who had we'll say the higher standards, but it's just more restringent standards in terms of which couples you're gonna get with in the room. So that kind of puts it naturally in it makes you the natural leader because you're the one who's gonna have the smaller decision area. Um, if you put it that way. So it sounds like it works well with with you guys like that. And would you say as a normal dynamic for the women or is it just like uh, specific to you guys for the woman to be the one the pickier we'll say pickier oh the pickier. I, don't, I don't know how you want to put it i don't want to make it sound negative or anything no just... no you're right uh, no it's typically the woman is the one who's making the final call because and i'm sure most men can agree that men are horny and <laughs> <laughs> and most women unless they're super unattractive most women they are intrigued by i mean <laughs> I feel like this is how it works, in my opinion, with men is they kind of have a fantasy to experience all shapes and sizes and ethnicity and like everything, hair color, you name it. They're like, "Mm, I have a fantasy about a redhead. I have a fantasy about a Latina woman. I have a fantasy about a big butt. I have fantasies about little breasts and big breasts, just like everything. They want to experience it all. And for a woman, it's more about, can you make me laugh? Do you have a cute smile? Do you flirt with me? Do you make me feel good? And so the woman really needs to feel comfortable in that aspect in order for it to all work. So we definitely make the final call most of the time. Excellent. Excellent. 
So I want to come back just quickly to the successful. I think you mentioned this. I, I was listening to on one of your interviews. You said some people, you have a successful night or some people can work out well. Well, I guess where you, you know, you, you hook up with someone who you feel comfortable or it's going to work well. An unsuccessful night, because I was thinking like some people who might be interested in this, they're like, we don't feel like the sexiest couple in the world. If we go to these events, are we going to be left sitting at the corner, kind of like when I was 13 and like you putting you when I was high school and I was at the dance, school dance, whatever. And I was the one sitting in the corner of the room at the end of the night and it was really not fun at all. So just wanted to talk about that fear a bit. And has that got reality to it or? Yes, it does. And I will say that in the beginning, we were the ones shy and sitting at a table and not being social at all. And we kind of just lucked out a couple of those times and people approached us, which is great, but that's not necessarily, we, we recognize that that was very rare. If you're going into this lifestyle, you really need to just let your guard down and not be afraid to talk to people. I have played with couples that honestly, my first glance, I may not have necessarily said, let's go find out what they're all about. But then they approached us and we started talking and our personalities really clicked. And then I was like, oh, like I like them. And so that's one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give somebody new is just to really be courageous, have no fear, get out there, don't sit down the whole time and be shy. But if it's your first night out and you're just wanting to watch, maybe that is the better thing to do so that <laughs> you're not intimidated or overwhelmed. So, you know, then you said you kind of lucked out. I think that often happens. You'll luck out once or twice. You don't have to count on it, but it definitely helps you get into a new community or something like that. I recently explored this thing called orgasmic meditation. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Basically, I was I kind of lucked out the first time because the first girl I went with, she was really cool. She could laugh about it. I asked lots of stupid questions and she just thought it was funny. So, and it also depends on the communities you go with. It sounds like swingers in general are a kind bunch, respectful, and they're not going to make fun of you. So it's not quite like the high school dance where a lot of kids were brats, quite honestly, you know, and we used to pick on each other. No, we're all grown ups now. I go out of my way to compliment as many people as I can because it just feels good. I love being complimented. And that's one part of lifestyle that I think so many women going into it don't realize how great that part of it is. Like that's almost, and this is going to sound a little vain almost, but that's one of my favorite things of having a night out is spending all that time to get ready. And then just people noticing me and complimenting me and making me feel so good about myself. And it just really boosts my self-confidence and just makes me happy. And that's what it's all about is just having a really awesome experience with like-minded people who we all enjoy each other's company and we all feel comfortable around each other. And you will see all shapes and sizes when you go out. And that's the cool part about it too, is that I love seeing someone who may not have a lot of self-confidence in their body had they not entered the lifestyle, all of a sudden exude tons of confidence in their body and feel beautiful. Great. What other fears do you think people might have about this? Are there things like fears that would get in the way or inhibitions that would get in the way of them trying this, even if it's something they're interested in, or it could be anything in the process of starting to going through it. What kind of things do you think people come up against when they're into this? I think to sum up fears, it, most of the time it's about jealousy. If you are the type of couple who gets jealous, if like your husband or your wife 
just even smiles or flirts with another person, then swinging is not going to work for you. And if you have a beautiful wife or girlfriend and men love looking at her and flirting with her or paying attention to her outside of the lifestyle, just in a vanilla setting, and you hate that, (laughs) those are the warning signs. Warning, do not become a swinger. (laughs) So jealousy is a huge fear that people probably had. I was afraid of it. And I'm not going to lie. I've had plenty of jealous moments. My husband has had jealous moments too, but actually something, it, it works for us because the excitement and the fun and the trust between us is so great that those itty bitty moments we don't even really think about, but everybody's different. And so that my biggest piece of advice is to really Just have your jealousy in check and know where you are with that. And then... uh, So what kind of rules do you have to make sure that trust stays intact and and you just keep the the experience healthy? um, Just to make sure you're 100% honest. And my husband and I actually have like monthly, if not more than that, check-ins with each other where we have like a really heart-to-heart conversation about where we are in the life. Like, how are we feeling about things? And we always talk about our experience from a party or whatever the day after. Like as soon as it happens, we talk it over, say what we liked. Was there anything that we would change about our behavior or anything like that? So communication is just probably my number one uh, recommendation. And then making sure that no means no. So like if I say no to somebody or he says no to somebody, we need to respect each other's opinion on that and and just not proceed with whatever we're wanting to happen. Or not push, right? Or not push each other. Right, right. No pushing or pressuring, no peer pressure. (laughs) And uh, the other rule that we have is 100% of the time we need to use protection, but that's a no-brainer to us. Although some people... What does protection mean? Condoms. Okay. Just ask, like, because people do different yeah, things. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, condoms. And we get tested annually for STDs, a full panel test, and just to make sure we stay clean. And you're kind of leading a promiscuous lifestyle. Right, right. And, and All right, I don't know if you'll be comfortable with sharing this, but how many sexual partners have you had the last two years in this lifestyle? Is it bad that I lost count? I know that sounds real. Well, no, that tells something. I mean, that's, that's some kind of indicator. I guess if I... If I had to guess, I mean, at Hedo alone, it was like six or seven. Uh-huh. At but um, so I guess if I had to guess, I'd say like 20 to 30. Over two years? That's not extreme. That doesn't sound extreme to me. No. And the reason is because the first year of it, we were exclusive with a couple. Oh, yeah. It didn't play outside the four of us for quite a while. So really, that's only like a year's worth. <laughs> so. And as you say, it's couple on couple. So your, your husband's the same. Right. Or yeah. Is it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the exclusive couple thing was a good introduction, as you said, because it's the same with one night stands versus any type of relationship you have. If you meet the person a couple of times or even more, the, the sex is going to get a lot more comfortable and you're going to be doing more things. So it sounded like a good thing to do near the start when you get into it. It is. It worked for us. However, I do warn people that the more you play with people, the more you'll develop feelings. Right. And you got to be really careful with that. And again, it it worked for us. But as far as those other couples out there who are worried about jealousy, that's really when jealousy is going to kick in big time. And that's kind of another rule, an unspoken rule 
so to speak, between my husband and I is that we tend to not want to play with the same couple two times in a row, like go back and just go right back to them because we don't want to lead them on and make them think anything more than what we think it is. And also we just don't want to get too attached. Yeah, sure. Do you see any drama around that kind of thing? Or Because uh, there was a famous Kinsey movie about Kinsey the researcher. And in that movie, I don't know if it actually happened in real life, some of the people in the study, they were sleeping with each other as demonstrations, but one couple started sleeping with each other and then they ended up divorcing both couples and causing some drama within the study. So, you know, I could see how that could happen e- easily in a spring of lifestyle as well. Oh yeah, there's drama. And the thing is, is when I say that, there's always drama everywhere in life. There's drama in monogamous relationships with jealousy and lying or cheating. So it's just kind of a different kind of drama. You'll see it. Luckily, I haven't experienced a whole heck of a lot of it, thank goodness. And I think that it's because I tried really hard to be really conscious of it and to, again, I've witnessed it, unfortunately, and it's not pretty when it happens. And usually it's because of jealousy or miscommunication of some sort. So, Well, so the other thing you get up to is the cam modeling thing, which I also wanted to touch on. And obviously that seems to be something that came after the swinging. Yeah. Would you say you became comfortable with that because of the swinging? If you hadn't done swinging before, would you have done cam cam modeling? I never would have (laughs) been thought of it. My first impression of it, the only thing I knew about it, like I saw, I'm on myfreecams.com, but there's other sites like Live Jasmine. You know, you get like pop-ups all the time. Yeah, actually, could you just explain to people what is cam modeling? Yeah, so cam modeling, it's basically, it's a live feed where it's typically a man or a woman or a couple. It's on a specific website and there's tons of websites out there that have it. And basically they perform usually sexual acts of some kind. It's typically like masturbation. If it's couples, they are possibly having sex or doing oral play in front of the camera. And it's kind of like being in a chat room back to our AOL days of being in chat rooms. And so I have people come in to my chat room, they find me and they talk to me. So I'm speaking to them, but they're typing to me. And so I've kind of made like friends this way. It starts out with them coming and finding me because I have like tag lines. Like, so if you come, basically, if you went to myfreecams.com, you could search for things you're interested in. What would be examples? What do people search for? Some examples of what I have, as I say, MILF. People like moms. <laughs> it's like a thing. Uh, so I have MILF. I have Swinger. They think that part of it's kind of cool. I have curvy, brown eyes. You know, I have a description of my physical self. And then also I talk about what I do. I have squirter. I have fucking machine because I use one of those. (laughs) What is a fucking machine? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a machine that has a dildo attached to it with a dial for speed. And you literally are in control of this machine that it fucks you like it's, wow. it's a motor on it and everything and it is there lots of those around i haven't heard of that thing before <laughs> uh, i don't know if there's lots of them around they're pretty expensive but they do exist and you can order them online and i was terrified when it was delivered that the delivery man knew what he was bringing me but anyway uh and it's kind of like my shtick like it's my thing 
since they're a little pricier, it, luckily it was a gift to me. Thank you. But anyways, uh, since they're a little bit pricier, not a lot of models online have them. And so I feel like that's kind of given me a leg up. And uh, also what a lot of cam models do is they'll make videos that you can purchase and download for future reference, which I have those too. So, but anyway, you kind of put on a show as a cam model and you ask for money. And on my site, it's in the form of tokens. And basically how it works is the website makes 50% of what I get tipped. So I basically make 50 cents per token that I receive. How many times do you do this a week and how much do you make? Well, I make my own hours. Right. Typically when I do cam, I only cam for an, an hour or two and I'll make on average about $100 when I do it, which is pretty easy money because I'm, I'm just masturbating and flirting. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your motivations? Is it for money or is it for the experience or what is interesting to you about it? The motivation used to be uh, up until my trip was to pay for my trip to hedonism. Okay. Which is a big swinger event, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went with an actual group that goes, a, a group of swingers. So guys and ladies really love the idea of helping me pay for my swinger trip. Now it's more for just going towards the bills, <laughs> paying for taxes and the mortgage. So um, so are there any things that have annoyed you about it or made you uncomfortable or other behaviors of some of the men, are there patterns which you'd find negative versus some of them positive? Things like, I don't know if the guys at home are using these services, but are there things which which really make it a bad experience for you? And like, I don't, I don't know, could you talk a little bit about that side of it? Yeah, I've had really bad experiences. Uh, unfortunate because a lot of women in particular can be a little bit more vulnerable and I'm really gullible. And so I had a couple instances of a guy promising me the world, basically. And he's like, I have found you. I've been looking for someone just like you for so long. They give you this whole long story and they... This is through chat, right? Yeah. Well, then they beg you to Skype with them, which, okay. you know, you're not making any money when you're on Skype. You're just talking. And so I've had a lot of learning experiences because then those just turn into being scammed. I mean, I never give them any of my information. I don't pay them or anything, but it's a waste of my time and um, ends up poorly. But the ones that really hurt are guys will deliberately come in your room and they get off by being really rude and mean and demeaning. And luckily there's a way I can instantly block them. Early on, that would really hurt my feelings, especially because one thing I haven't mentioned is when I entered the lifestyle and cam modeling, I was a lot bigger. And so my self-confidence was a little lower and I had just had a baby. I mean, my baby was like five months old. So I still had fresh stretch marks and just didn't feel real good about myself. And these guys would come in my room and say mean things and it really sucked. <laughs> but the good news was I'd have like 90 other guys in there think I was beautiful and say, that guy's a jerk. Just block him. Don't listen to him. So that was nice. And that's one reason why cam modeling and being on Twitter and being a swinger has really helped my self-confidence is I lost a lot of weight through the last two years. And as I lost the weight and was part of this, it just kind of developed into this great sense of self-confidence. Only other thing I would say about the kind of the weirdos out there on the cam sites is there's a lot of strange requests that I, I won't do. 
<laughs> what is your view? I honestly don't know anything about this. I didn't even know this world existed and probably a few months ago when I think it's getting more popular because I see more ads on torrent sites and wherever. It is more popular. It seems to be replacing, my rights replacing porn because they're not making enough money on porn. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the money is really in cam modeling. I guess there's something about like having someone live and interacting with them. Like they like that. Uh, but a lot of the strange requests have been kind of fetishes like bodily fluids and that kind of thing, or like them asking me to um, bottle up my pee and mail it to them and stuff like wow. that. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. That's pretty insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'll be asked like for me to call them for them, since I'm a MILF, their fantasy is to be able to call me mommy and me call them like son or something. I'm like, nope, don't do that either. Sorry. I talk dirty in the bedroom, but not like that. <laughs> And that's fine. I have nothing against that. It's just not, not my thing. Wait, so, so it sounds like the average guy on, on these sites has higher, has more fetishes, has, has a bit more extreme sexuality. A lot more? Yeah. A lot of the time. Okay. What do you think is in it for the guy apart from getting off? Why do, why do guys go to these sites? Because you say with some of them you, you become friends or have relationships. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of them have become my friends. They There's a way that they can be notified when I'm going to come back on. So they'll get an email or whatever that says, oh, Swinging Milf is on. And then all of a sudden they show up in my room. And I'm like, oh, hey, so-and-so, nice to see you again. And we just have conversations or like they'll take me into a private chat where you have to pay more money to do so. But then they get me one-on-one and kind of get to know me a little bit better. And I never give out my personal information, but I think something that they really like about me particularly is that I'm a very genuine person and I'm not full of crap. So they'll ask me questions and I honestly answer them. And I think they really like that. Like I'm very honest about things and they're very intrigued about my lifestyle. How did the guys strike you? I mean, like, uh, are they lonely? What's their, why are they on these sites? A lot of them probably are lonely. There are guys that maybe lost a significant other or they are divorced or they're in a marriage that isn't fulfilling in some way for them. And so they come see me instead and I feel bad, but a lot of times they're like asking me for advice on how to like spark things up in their marriage. That's interesting. It's just really cool. So it's not like they're lying to me. They're very open with me about like why they're there to see me and which is kind of cool. And then when I ask them to come follow me on Twitter, we can have more conversations there via Twitter and they'll comment on my pictures and I just get to know a few of the guys and, and I, I can tell, I can weed them out. I kind of weed out the, the good from the bad. Yeah. And there's, a, there's a few guys out there that like really actually like care about me. And some people might say, oh, they're just pretending to care about you. But I really think that they do, which is kind of nice. Cool. So. Okay. Let's round off with uh, a few more quick fire questions. Okay. What are the best ways for people to connect with you and learn more about you swinging and all of this stuff? Great question. Uh, well, I have a website. Uh, you can go to theswingingmilf.com. And when you go there, you can contact me via my email. My email is milf at theswingingmilf.com. Or uh, I feel like most people go on Twitter these days. So I'm on Twitter. I am always, that's I, it alerts my phone. So if you really want to get me, just go on Twitter and tweet to me. And my Twitter is at swinging underscore MILF. And you'll find me there. 
uh, those are the best ways to find me. Cool. And on iTunes, I guess your podcast is uh, like if you just search for Swinging Milk, yep. you'll find it, right? Yeah, just cool. search for The Swinging Milk. And, and also my podcasts are on my website too. If for some reason you have a have trouble searching, but you should find me. Cool. Yeah. Is there anyone besides yourself you think has good advice or insights into dating, sex, and relationships? Anyone you've come across? or? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other swinger podcasts out there. I really enjoy The Curious Couple, Average Swingers, um, Life on the Swing Set, uh, <laughs> Hidden Swing. There's a, I mean, I could go on and on. There's a lot of swinger podcasts. Sounds like it's a lot of them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an interesting topic, and people love hearing about it. So. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of podcasts. If you just, I think you could probably just search for like Swinger Podcasts. Actually, you interviewed her and I've really grown to enjoy her as the Cunning Minks from polyweekly.com. I really like her. Uh, so I'd recommend going out yeah. to polyweekly.com. Uh, I know Polly's a little bit different than Swinger, but I kind of dive into both of those realms. So I've benefited from those and I think that the best advice I can give is to just have no fear and go to an event and just meet people live and don't be afraid to ask them questions there. Right. We're not going to pressure you into having sex with us. I promise. <laughs> exactly. Again, it sounds like a very respectful, mature community. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sense. What would be your top three recommendations to guys just to improve their dating, sex, relationship, life in general? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, this is my personal opinion, but I would say that you should really ask. Don't be afraid if you are already a dating a woman. Is that kind of the advice you want for someone already dating or like? A no, no, I would, I would say like it, someone just starting from scratch. Like say he's single 25 year old. He hasn't had a girlfriend yet and he's not really sure how to get one and all this. Oh, <laughs> starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. Wow, that seems like so long ago for me. So let me try this. Okay. Uh, the best advice I could give would probably just be to stop being so shy. If you're 25 and you're starting from scratch, maybe you haven't dated much. That doesn't mean that women don't like you. It really means that you're probably too much of a gentleman. And we love that. Don't worry. But I think a lot of times it's those shy guys that mean well and we want you the most and you just don't know it. So just go out on a limb and take a chance and talk to people, approach a woman, start complimenting a woman every day. Just walk up to a woman that you think looks great and give her a genuine compliment and that'll go a long way. You just never know when you might meet someone that could change your life. And if you don't have the courage to do so, then you'll always wonder. And so just try to have more courage that's something that's really changed in myself is that I have more courage and it's made my life better. I don't really know what else to say. And don't be afraid to try new things. <laughs> Not necessarily swinging, but uh, if you try new things, it puts you in new environments and maybe gets you more involved with new people. And it might open up the opportunity to meet somebody new too that way. So <laughs> you're, you're trying to count like, on you you're like have i done a free like, oh is that only two can you <laughs> that's fine that's all good i think that was quite inspiring um i think that's important stuff especially the missed opportunity thing that's kind of what got me here yeah. i missed one opportunity i was on a, a night bus one night was talking to this beautiful spanish girl with green eyes and uh this was when i was 19 or something and we had an amazing conversation for a couple of hours and then i got off the bus and i didn't ask for a number or anything and she looked at me like what the 
fuck through the window. Uh -huh. you know? And that was the last time I ever did that. I was, yeah. I was fixed afterwards because uh -huh. I missed that nice little opportunity there. So I think that's a good point you made. You yeah, know? no regrets. Don't have right. regrets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time. I had a lot of fun today. Thank you, Angel. I appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing everything when it comes out. <laughs> Take control of your dating life today. Take one idea or one insight from today's episode and apply it today. Don't wait. Do it today. That's all it takes to change your life, step by step, episode by episode. Learn more about what I, Angel Donovan, and my team do at DatingSkillsReview.com. How we help men like you take control of their dating lives.